another beautiful week in the NFL Week 8 for the patrons, for the subscribers, for everybody out there right now that's been following the content. We put a tweet out. We put a nice little subtle tweet out, but if you're paying close attention to the little things that I do on these live streams on Twitter, wherever we are, you should be following me over there at DFS. We said, all these totals are dropping. Everybody's screaming about the win. They're losing their minds, all this type of stuff. But nobody's actually looking at what's going on here. Every single total is dropping, except the one that's projected for five touchdowns with the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes. Is it just an easy game? Is it as simple as playing Patrick Mahomes and whichever one of his weapons that you want to against a New York Jets team that is terrible? Is it that simple for us to dominate week eight? And as you'll later find out, if you have not yet tuned in, it is that simple. Patrick Mahomes over 400 yards, five touchdowns, literally any weapon that you chose. And we don't stack the running backs there. We, we talked about that everywhere the Patreon show, the YouTube show, every single weapon that you stack. Tyreek Hill, oh, you got the explosion game, two touchdowns. Oh, Travis Kelsey, 100 yards in a touchdown. Oh, you want the very cheap $3,100 Demarcus Robinson? Yeah, 60 yards in a score. And even McCole Hardman gets in on the fun, a nice little pitch, taking it to the house for like a 40 plus yard touchdown. Everybody eats when you play that team with a 35 total, when all the other totals were dropping less than seven or eight points less. Every other game on the slate had a seven or eight point less total than the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just an easy game. Yes, it is that simple. And then if you had access to all the other stuff, the projections, the ranks, the game-by-game notes, the closing thoughts podcast. You knew how to kind of fit in around that, the nice running backs, the leverage wide receivers, the nice tight ends that actually made it all work out for you. And odds are you had a very good week. Or at least you should have had a very good week with the path that was laid out. So shout out to all the patrons. I saw all the winning tickets coming in on Twitter. It was fantastic to see a lot of people having fun on bold super draft, a lot of people having fun on DraftKings. Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 it is a fantastic way to start the week. And it's even better when it's a victory Monday for not just myself, but the community at large out there. Shout out to all of you. If you're brand new here, hit that like button, hit the big old subscribe button. And if you're not yet already signed up for Patreon and taking in on 2020, the year that in terms of fantasy football, at least has been absolutely fantastic for not just myself, but the community we continue to ride on. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for just lifting up 43% at the end of the day of my MME lineups and 100% of my single entry and three max lineups. We're rocking and rolling, baby. Closing it out with the Monday night football slate for the showdown format. And again, we get a million maker. It's just million, million, million dollars everywhere, right? DraftKings says, you know, you're going to get a million. You're going to get a million on Thursday too, probably for this Packers and San Fran game. I can't wait. And the video today is going to be sponsored by Superdraft. And not only are there a million dollars up for grabs on, on DraftKings, you're going to have record highs for showdown slates right now on Superdraft. $5,500 is up for grabs right now on Superdraft on a site where there's not as many pros, where we had last Sunday, somebody win $25,000 in the community, where we had last Monday night, we had somebody win $3,000 in the community. Everybody's banking on Superdraft. A guy last night reached out to me on Twitter. He said, I just won another $6,000 rooskies through Superdraft. I hope you got in to max out the entries there because your projections would have dominated it. So what are you doing? Not being on Superdraft yet. My name, Sal, S-A-L, get you a 50% deposit match. That's free money up to $1,000. You want to put some bucks in, trying out 50 bucks, 20 bucks, 10 bucks, 100, 1,000. They're going to give you a 50% match because they said, all right, you know what? Sal brought these guys. We're going to give them, smack them with those dollars. We're going to smack them right there and give them those dollars. My grandma would say, you should smack them. So check out Superdraft. That is going to be linked down below. You get your free money. It's a multiplier format. We'll talk more about it tonight on the live stream. We're going to be going live at around 6 p.m. East Coast time for an hour. We're going to be doing the live stream and maybe, just maybe, we're going to have a special guest today to give one of these uh, these punt type play picks like last time when it worked out with Nick Boyle. Uh, fantastic time. So check that out. Notification bell, like all that stuff. So you can be notified of when we're going live. So this is what we do here. We're going to go down every single viable play that maybe is going to run a couple routes, maybe see a target, get an attempt, whatever it might be. We're going to discuss them. And then I'm going to check off. Yes, I have early interest. Yes, I have some interest. I have my projections up on the other stream. You can access them and follow along down below. If you're a patron, you can just open them up on Patreon link down below patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore, or I'll put a no by them and then we'll go from there. And then later on tonight, I'll crunch out my 150 lineups and I'll see kind of what my final exposures are going to be. And we can discuss that on the show, taking your Q&A question and answers for about an hour tonight, 6 p.m. East Coast time. Again, notification bell to be notified. So let's get into this starting. We'll go by salary with Thomas Brady here. Mr. Tom Brady coming in with a 
$1,000 tag. Over $1,000 more expensive than anybody else on the slate. And honestly, the way that he's been playing as of late, coming off of one of his better games, but the way that he's been playing as of late, he deserves it. You're getting Tom Brady right now with a positive 38% pass blocking advantage. This offensive line in Tampa Bay has been fantastic. Even against the Giants' number 11 pass rush, it's really not going to be that much of an issue. He should have time here. Now, we won't have Chris Godwin in this game. That's going to be fine. We've seen fill-ins. We've seen Mike Evans step up when Godwin's hasn't been out. More on that in a second. Scotty Miller has stepped up to an extent. And then they still have some other weapons out there, especially with Gronk coming on right now and Leonard Fournette being back. I'm not too worried about this offense as a whole missing out on Chris Godwin tonight. Now, Brady's fourth overall in attempts with 38 per game. And right now he's number one in deep attempts with 5.4 per game. So for everybody saying this guy's got a noodle in the arm, and maybe I was even guilty of it in the offseason. Can he even throw deep anymore? He's absolutely just swinging at those haters. He's absolutely just looking at them. He's winking. And then he's throwing the deep ball for about a 50 yard touchdown to Scotty Miller. So he's number four in air yards since he's throwing so deep. He's number six in yards per game and he's number two in play action passing and the play action passing is going to work when you have Leonard Fournette back and when he's on the field looking very good you have Ronald Jones when he's actually getting the workload looking very good so it's all going to be working out this offense is clicking on all ends it helps a lot more when your defense is also clicking to the absolute highest of levels right now in Tampa Bay so Tom Brady for me I mean $12,000 is very expensive normally I have this thing where like if you're a $12,000 player it's going to be very difficult for me not to want to fade you but tonight I mean he projects out on a slate where there's I would say some value right but that value is very punty but there's not even that many great top end options a lot of guys in my opinion are overpriced on this slate. Tom Brady, I projected out for five more fantasy points than anybody else. That's a little sneak behind the projections on Patreon. So I've been projected for 21 fantasy points tonight. So I'm just going to have interest just because of how many pure fantasy points he's projected for over everybody else on the slate. I assume I'm going to be getting a good amount of him when I crunch my lineups tonight. So he's going to be a yes to start the slate off. Let's now get into Michael Evans. Now Evans will have a tough spot here versus Bradbury, who's going to allow less than one yard per cover snap. But Evans has been very good when Chris Godwin is out, which has been three games so far this year that he's not actually stepped on the field. Chris Godwin, we weeks two, weeks four, and week five. And now in those three weeks, Mike Evans has 19 receptions, 267 yards, and a touchdown on 27 targets. So he's seeing about nine targets per game, averaging a touchdown, and has had a touchdown in every single one of those games. And he's bringing in basically somewhere around six or seven receptions a game. That's very good, especially for a showdown slate. The only concern is that he's now priced for it. And outside of those games, right? I mean, it's a small sample. I assume that he's actually being looked at more when Goblin's not out there. But outside of those games, he's seeing just on the season, 5.6 targets per game. He's playing about a third of his snaps overall out of the slot, just 45 yards per game on the year on 12 seven yards per reception. These numbers are not good, but we see a nice little spike in a small sample of three games with no Goblin. So which one do you want to believe here? Well, I'm going to kind of be inclined to go somewhere in the middle based on my projection. $10,800 is very expensive for this. Like he has to give you that production of the six, seven catches for around 80 yards and the touchdown. If you really want that to pay off and to pair him up with Tom Brady becomes very difficult. You're putting a lot of eggs in that basket. You're almost hoping for a two touchdown game from Evans in that instance. So I will have interest in Mike Evans as he does grade out as my second highest projected player. Makes sense. Most of the time that'll happen. Not always since he is going to be this expensive. So there's some interest there, but because of the price point, I'm a little bit weary because if you play him, it's really done difficult to get to his quarterback as well. If you are doing that, you're probably punting with one of the guys that we'll talk about in a second who really don't have the greatest of upside. Next up, the quarterback on the opposite side of this game was going to have a brutal matchup. Look, the pass blocking right now has been absolutely terrible for the Giants, dead last in the league. And now they go up against a top four pressure unit in Tampa Bay. That's also number one in coverage. Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean on the outside for the cornerbacks have been absolutely fantastic. Murphy Button in the slot has been at least decent for them. So the secondary has been great. The pass rush has been good. And now they're facing the worst pass blocking unit in the league, RIP potentially for Daniel Jones, who is attempting 33 passes per game, 201 yards per game, just 1.9 deep per game right now. That's hurting them a lot. And he's number 26 in true completion, number 33 out of 32 NFL teams and starting quarterbacks, number 33 out of all the quarterbacks that have stepped on the field this year. He had some backups coming in, injuries, that type of stuff. 6.1 yards per attempt. That's brutal. He's $9,200. I'm going to loosely say that he's in play. I don't have any glaring interest. He is my third highest projected player, third most expensive. But compared to some of the guys below him, especially from catering this video to 
They're trying to make it for like one or three of you. I know not everybody out there is trying to play these 150 lineups. I get that. Nobody's not trying to do that. 20 max, some of you, yeah. 35 lineups, most of you. One lineup, some of you, right? So if you're trying to do this, I think that even though he's going to be almost $3,000 more expensive, Brady does grade out point per dollar wise for me a little bit better than Daniel Jones. Still, it's not in a major way. Straight projection, it is a pretty major way. Point per dollar wise, I would still prefer Brady in this instance. I actually would prefer Daniel Jones over Mike Evans at this point in the day. We'll see later on. But this is where I'm at right now with the top three players. Now we start to get to the 8K range. And this is kind of the range where, you know, 8K, some of the 7K guys, some of them are just honestly straight up overpriced. And that's going to be difficult to get to them if you're just playing one or two lineups, unless you're trying to get very unique somewhere else. And we can start with Ronald Jones, who last week, yeah, it's kind of concerning. They're going to have a negative pass blocking or negative run blocking advantage here versus the Giants run defense. That's actually really good. Number five overall on the season, according to Pro Football Focus. But in week seven, he was out snapped by Leonard Fournette. He played just 44% of the snaps, the lowest that he's seen since week three. He only had 14 touches, the lowest that he's seen since week two. And this correlates directly with Leonard Fournette taking all of his work, both in the passing game and also just in terms of general overall snaps. So that's a concern. He had just 36 yards and a touchdown with Fournette back last week. And now he's still priced at 8,800. It seems like he's honestly in a dead on split with Leonard Fournette. If Leonard Fournette stays healthy for that game with the risk that he loses all the passing game work to Leonard Fournette, who is the better pass catching running back in my opinion. And you saw that last week. So at $8,800, he's not completely out of play because the amount of touches that he's getting, even if it's around 15 or so, he could still score multiple times on that and pay off this tag for you. But it is a concern. It's kind of a hold your horses here. This is not the same Ronald Jones of two, three weeks ago, where he's going over hundred yards for like three straight games and having a, a career span, a career month for himself. No, Leonard Fournette is now back and looking healthy and coming off of likely Leonard Fournette's best game of the season in terms of overall usage and just out snapping 56% to 44% Ronald Jones. Next up is somebody that I'm playing in one of my season long leagues tonight. You have no Chris Godwin. You have him coming off of his best game of the season. He's going to face either whoever's going to be back, Ryan Lewis tonight, or maybe Harper, depending on health. So those guys right now are not that great, especially Harper allowing over 1.4 yards per cover snap. And this man is named this Scott, Scott E with the Y on there, not the IE Miller. And what you're going to be getting here is $8,600. This is just a steep price tag. Now on Superdraft, the presenting sponsor of the show, a 1.85x multiplier makes Scotty Miller look like one of the best plays on the day over on Superdraft. Again, promo code Sal to be able to check that out and get some free dollar ruskies so you can try and watch these games, maybe win while you're drinking some brewskis, even win some more dollar ruskies. How about that one? But in week seven, he had six catches, nine targets, over 100 yards and a touchdown. And he finished as a top 10 wide receiver, wide receiver nine overall for week seven. The concern is that he's $8,600, right? Obviously, if he does that again, if he goes out there and absolutely balls out and is going to finish as a top 10 receiver on the entire week, yeah, he's going to be in the winning lineups at $8,600. So let's not let recency bias cloud our minds too much because in the three games without Goblin totally playing this year, he's had 10 catches for 177 yards and a touchdown on five targets, averaging just five targets per game in the entire season when Goblin's even in there as well, seeing just 5.3 targets per game, a 15% target share. So this might be kind of bold because I like him in season long leagues, but based on where he's priced on DraftKings, let's make him our first no of the day. Now this can change as the day goes on. We'll see how much I get of him, but based on my projection form right now, I can't project Scotty Miller for 17 fantasy points or 20 plus like he scored last week. No, I'm going to project him for what he should be projected for based on a larger sample of than just one game from last week. And if he's going to be $8,600, he looks more to me like a $7,000 flat player. So he's wildly overpriced. So I'm not going to recommend him for like your one to three to five lineup builds. Next up is Mr. Rob Gronkowski. In his last two games, he's looked good. 10 catches, 140 yards, two touchdowns on 16 targets during that time, five red zone targets. So he's involved in kind of all parts of the field, but obviously the red zone uh, where you see him score a red zone touchdown on just basically mossing the guy who was like half his size looked great on the season. He's seeing 5.1 targets per game, 24 routes per week, just 5% out of the slot. But he's been looking very good in terms of downfield usage. Number nine overall with 12.7 yards per reception. Rob Gronkowski is definitely in play for me. Not an overwhelming like screaming out yes, because he is expensive at $8,000, but he is in play coming off a back-to-back on average eight target games. Buccaneers defense, this thing's crazy. They're 7,400. This is the most expensive I've seen a defense in a while. This might be more expensive than when the Patriots played. I think they might've played the Giants or maybe the Jets on like Thursday night football last year. And I think they paid it off by scoring two touchdowns. Just absolutely insane. But $7,400 for the number two overall defense that ranks top six overall run defense just 22nd in tackling, but fourth in pass rush and number one in 
in coverage. Honestly, they're probably not going to be that owned, and it makes them a little bit appealing to me. Their projection is absolutely brutal. If you're playing like one to three lineups, the only reason you play Tampa Bay is because they're likely going to be lower owned, but it's so difficult to want to recommend the team that is more expensive than every single starting wide receiver and the starting tight end on the New York Giants tonight and the starting running back. Every single skill position player on the Giants tonight is cheaper than the Tampa Bay's defense. So what you're trying to fade here is basically Tampa Bay, do not go out there and score two touchdowns. Because even if Tampa Bay at $7,400 scores a touchdown on defense tonight and they have 12 or 13 fantasy points, like, yeah, they might be in some of the winning lineups or they might be in some of your, your cashing lineups, but they're priced for it. They're not a $3,000 or a $4,000 defense scoring 13. They're 7,400, right? So that's as if like, let's say Darius Slayton goes out there tonight and scores 13 fantasy points. That's going to be an okay performance, but it's nowhere near great. It's nowhere near killing you if you don't score them. You're basically fading Tampa Bay having two defensive touchdowns tonight, right? Or a defensive touchdown on like seven or eight sacks. And there's a good chance they can get to Daniel Jones seven or eight times. It's absolutely brutal for him behind the worst offensive line in terms of pass blocking. He's going to maybe be like his counterpart in New York seeing ghosts tonight in Sam Donald. So yeah, this is going to be a concern for me. I'm going to be putting a no by the Tampa Bay Bucks defense if you're just building a couple of lineups. But game theory wise, yeah, you're basically hoping for two touchdowns here. And if that's the case, I think the only real way that you want to play the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, it doesn't have to work this way, but it's by captaining in them, right? Because for them to really, really kill everybody else for not playing them, they probably have to score two defensive touchdowns. I get it. They can have eight sacks, two turnovers and a touchdown. And they're still getting to like 18 or 20 fantasy points, right? There's a good possibility that that could happen more so than the two touchdowns happening. So either way, really, I kind of am inclined to want to captain Tampa Bay if you're going to play them at all their defense, because of the fact that for them to really kill their opponents, they have to go off at this price tag. And if they're going off this price tag, they're probably going to be a pretty decent captain option for you. So I'm going to put them as a no for utility play. If you want to play them in the captain spot, that's fine. I don't think they're even that great of a play there because again, you need them to score like 18 points or something as a defense. But if they don't do that, then they're probably not hurting you from not playing them. So I think that's kind of the game theory way to play it. Now you get to the Giants pass hit. So you have no skill position players, right? Just the quarterback Daniel Jones so far we're talking about. And now we're at the $7,000 range. This is how good Tampa Bay's defense is. And this is how bad the pass blocking unit and passing offense for the Giants is. So the first guy at $7,000 flat is going to be Darius Slayton, who has a brutal matchup against Jamal Dean, who's PFF's number two cornerback, who's allowing less than 0.85 yards per cover snap this year. You're getting right now a 22% target share for Slayton on the season. That would be 6.9 per game to the ladies and gentlemen out there. 13% slot usage on 61 yards per game. Number two on his team overall market share. So in the NFL, in terms of your market share of air yards, how much percentage of the air yards you get, he's number two in the NFL right now with a 45% share. So there's upside here without a doubt for Slayton. He's in play, but a tough matchup. He's not going to be anywhere near a priority tonight, but definitely in play. I actually like Sterling Shepard a little bit more for four hundred dollars less because I don't think he'll see as much Jamal Dean. He'll see some. He'll see some Carlton Davis who have both been good on the outside. Davis less than 0.8 yards per cover snap this year. And then in week seven in his return, he played a season high in the three games he's played, 79% of the snaps, six catches on eight targets. He saw three red zone looks as well for 59 yards and a touchdown. Overall, so far this season, he's seeing six targets per game in a small limited sample due to injury. And he's playing 38% of his snaps out of the slot. I'm going to put a yes by him right now based on the projection I have for him at his price tag. It's actually a higher projection peak behind the curtain right now than Darius Slayton's. Next up at $6,200 is Leonard Fournette. Week seven, he returns, gets 17 total touches, three more than Ronald Jones, six receptions on seven targets. That's just absolutely fantastic usage from that regard. 97 total yards. He finishes as the RB14. He outsnapped Ronald Jones 56% to 43%. He saw a 10.3% target share in games where he is healthy so far this year on 3.8 per game and averaging close to 14 opportunities per game. So you're telling me right now that a guy who's at least going to be in an even, even backfield split with Ronald Jones, but coming off of a week where he kind of almost dominated the backfield touches, three more, but a lot more snaps than him, he's going to be more than $2,000, $2,600 cheaper than Ronald Jones. I prefer Leonard Fournette to Ronald Jones tonight. I don't really think that you should see it any other way. I think that for the price discount, it's going to be very appealing to get to Leonard Fournette at $6,200. Next up is Evan Ingram, who's just not seeing targets downfield. Like he's seeing all the perfect usage. He has a decent spot versus Devin White, who in terms of covering tight ends, athletic tight ends, Devin White, like many linebackers, is not that great in that department, allowing 1.45 yards per cover snap this year. Ingram's usage is great. 49% in the slot, 11% out wide. So 60% of the time, plus he's just not blocking at all. He doesn't, he never blocks anyways, but he's just actually in position 
positions to have a nice matchup in the slider out wide. Now he's seeing a 20% target share. He's seeing 6.3 per game. Those are top five. Both of those numbers are top five for tight ends in the league. So what is happening here? He's running right now over all the six most routes at 32 per week for tight ends. The issue is he's only seeing 5.1 yards per target. He's not getting targeted downfield. He's not getting consistently targeted downfield or in the red zone because this team one just doesn't have the time to target guys downfield and two isn't getting to the red zone. So Ingram will be in play for me, but I, it's tough. Like he's 5,800. He's such a great player. He's just not having time downfield. And now he has another difficult matchup overall from a defensive standpoint, not one-on-one, but overall. Next up, Wayne Gallman, $5,200. Yeah, I, I like Wayne Gallman here. Look, there's not going to be Devonta Freeman. No Devonta Freeman tonight. CJ Board for the Giants. Maybe we'll be back in time. We'll have to see on that one. But with no Devonta Freeman in that last game when he left, he saw Wayne Gallman play 58% of the snaps. He saw 15 total touches, five of which were receptions. And he saw one overall target in the red zone and one carry in the red zone for two total red zone looks. He had 54 yards and a touchdown. He finished as the RB12 in week seven. And we saw him last year when Saquon was hurt for like a game. He piles up 20 plus fantasy points, catches a ton of passes. This is a very good pass catching running back, very underratedly so. Very Jamal Williams like for the Packers. You don't really notice it as much until he becomes that guy for the team. Tampa Bay is number six in run defense, and Gallman is averaging 4.3 yards per touch on 35 season touches. At $5,200, I'm going to have interest. And I understand how good this Tampa Bay run defense and defense is in general. But at 5,200, the price point is right for if you get Wayne Gallman to just catch four passes tonight. Let's say we get four catches for like 25 yards, right? He doesn't really do much with those receptions. Right there, you got six and a half fantasy points, not even taking into account the fact that he'll probably see at the very worst, like eight carries on the ground tonight. So if you can get somewhere around there, you start to get too close to a double digit point projection. And that looks appealing at least at 5,200 relative to other plays in the slate, especially some of these guys next to him in the price range, like Tyler Johnson that we're about to talk about. Tyler Johnson is appealing. And the last time that we had him on a showdown slate, he was like 200 or $400 and he caught four passes for 61 yards. And he was just in the optimal lineup with over 10 fantasy points, but keep a lot of things in mind. That week, there was no Chris Godwin, but there was also no Justin Watson that week. So he was just basically the wide receiver three with nobody else out there. You also had no Rob Gronkowski emerging like he is right now. I believe there's no Leonard Fournette either that night. So there's a lot of things different now. Leonard Fournette is back. Still no Godwin, but Justin Watson is actually back to kind of split those wide receiver three snaps in the slot. Justin Watson was the primary backup actually to Chris Godwin in the past when Chris Godwin went out and then Watson got hurt. And then you ended up having Tyler Johnson come in for him in the slot. So I think that right now, the last couple of weeks, you're still seeing Tyler Johnson operate over Justin Watson as the wide receiver four, but it's just barely, right? It's nothing like crazy in terms of like a 60 to 10% split. It's just a little bit of a difference here. So I think that there might be a clean split and maybe even Justin Watson taking back his role in the slot tonight. So at $4,800, it's hard to like Tyler Johnson if you're only going to project like two to four targets at most for him. And he's now priced for it. He'll have a difficult spot in the slot against Logan Ryan, who's allowing a 72% catch rate this year, but not much yardage downfield. In his three games that he's actually played this year, Tyler Johnson is averaging 22 routes per game because in most of those games, Chris Godwin has not actually been playing in two out of the three of them. He's seeing three targets per game right now. Again, in week five, when Godwin missed four catches, 61 yards on six targets, he had 10.1 fantasy points on that showdown slate and he paid off for you. 10.1 fantasy points tonight at 4,800 will do good for you. But again, Justin Watson, Leonard Fournette now back. I'm a little bit weary of this price tag. If he was like a thousand dollars cheaper, maybe I'd get there. He's a no right now for me. Kickers as usual, they're actually going to look pretty decent on this slate because they're cheap and there's not that much great value. $4,000 for suck up, $3,600 for Graham Gano. Both are in play, but I probably would not play both in a single lineup. I'm also fine if you don't want to play either of them, but they're nice little cheap value pieces. They're probably going to project out for somewhere around eight fantasy points. If one of them, like we saw in the last showdown slate, can get to 13 fantasy points, like Young Hoku, you're going to be in a pretty nice spot. $3,000 Golden Tate. Man, it's really difficult to want to, I don't know, recommend Golden Tate at this point because he's been doing nothing. He only has two total receptions in the past two weeks. He's not doing anything from a fantasy standpoint. He has the best matchup out of all the cornerbacks because the outside cornerbacks are very good for Tampa. So it's not saying much, but against uh, Sean Murphy Button in the slot, who allows a 91% catch rate and over 1.5 yards per cover snap. So actually a pretty solid matchup. He's playing 84% of his snaps out of the slot, seeing 4.3 targets per game, but the upside is lacking. He has just so far has not had a game over 50 yards. 47 receiving yards is his highest on the season and only two total catches over the last two games. I believe one of those went for a touchdown though, but this is the concern. He's 
not doing anything in terms of production downfield. But the upside now is that he's just $3,000. If you can get a game where he catches three passes for 40 yards, that's seven fantasy points. That's going to give you like kicker production for $1,000 cheaper than one of the kickers and $600 cheaper than Graham Gano. So I don't love Golden Tate, but he's going to be in play just because he's becoming just so cheap at this point. The Giants defense now at $2,400. They're ranked 13th overall. They get pressure. They're not great in coverage. They stop the run. They're not great at tackling, right? So it's kind of a weird defense overall. At $2,400, I'll just put them in play because, I mean, I don't know, you can have a special teams kickoff return for a touchdown and they're just dirt cheap. I only have them projected for like four fantasy points on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore to check all that out and a lot more. So you're not getting a lot of great upside out of the Giants defense, but they're very cheap. So they're at least going to be in my player pool. Cameron Braid is a very interesting option. He actually had a little bit more usage when Goblin was out earlier in the year and has not had much usage since then. And that low usage of late is actually 17 routes. That's it in the last two games. He ran six routes only last game, but again, now Goblin is out. Maybe this gets him on the field more. He's seeing just two targets per game. He has seen two red zone targets so far this year, but look, this is what happened in week five when Goblin missed the last time on a showdown slate. Five catches for 44 yards on six targets. He had 9.4 fantasy points. So Cameron Braid at 1400, the usage is coming down, right? It's trending downward, but now with Goblin out, we're hoping that we can get a slight usage bump upwards. So at 1400, we'll take some of that risk. We'll put him in our player pool. At $1,200, Deion Lewis, the RB2 tonight, he played 25% of the snaps, ran five routes, no targets, and he had three attempts for 23 yards in that game when Devonta Freeman left as the backup running back. Now at $1,200, I would expect somewhere probably around one to two targets and like four or five carries on the ground. So if you're going to get like five or six touches in this game at $1,200 and some of them may become in the passing game, I'll keep you in play. I don't expect to get much Deion Lewis, but he's $1,200 and there's not much value on the slate. Justin Watson at $800. He will operate likely as the wide receiver four, but again, he used to be starting in the slot as the primary backup ahead of the rookie Tyler Johnson when Goblin would miss, but then he got hurt and he kind of got Wally pipped uh, from Tyler Johnson at this point, but I don't think it's that solid. So he'll operate as the wide receiver four, but maybe even some snaps as the wide receiver three tonight and get his snap share to increase. So at $800, like if he's going to see two or three targets and Tyler Johnson's going to see two or three targets, or at least that's what I'm kind of projecting on and thinking. Justin Watson at 800 doesn't become an all-star slam dunk, get him in all your lineups type of a play. But if he's going to run like 15, 16 routes and see two or three targets at this price point at $800, I'll keep him in my player pool. I won't exclude him from that. The last two weeks, Watson has played 20% and 17% of the snaps. No Godwin now this week. So hopefully we can get that to kind of bump up to like the 30% range, which is where you start to see maybe two or three targets. And then to close it out, LaShawn McCoy, not interested since Leonard Fournette is back and actually took on all the passing game work last time out. LaShawn McCoy did not actually step on the football field last game. So I'm not going to be interested. Caden Smith, he's actually running in his last three games, 19 routes, catching four passes for 22 yards. He had a season high 62% of the snaps last time out there as well. He's the tight end number two for the Giants. He's only $400, but look, this is like you're upside out of him. Even if he has that nice usage of like 10 routes run and he catches two passes for 20 yards, that's like a good game for him. Like that'd be a really good game for Caden Smith outside of like falling in the end zone. Those four fantasy points, even at $400, probably aren't enough. CJ Board, keep an eye on CJ Board at $200. He'd be the wide receiver four either way tonight. So it's not that appealing since Sterling Shepard is now back, but he's battling back from a concussion. So we'll end up seeing what happens. He was averaging like 16 routes per week when you ended up having Sterling Shepard out. They also had Damian Ratley at that point. So if he operates tonight as a wide receiver four, I'd expect somewhere around 10 routes run. At $200, you could probably find a lot worse usage, but I'm still, you know, just keep a close eye on it. Still not that appealing to it. You probably need a touchdown or bust. Alfred Moore did sign with the team. Keep an eye on if they're going to say anything about his usage. I assume it's going to be all full steam ahead with Wayne Gallman, who's been very good and knows the playbook in this offense, knows the system for years now. And the guy they signed this offseason out of Tennessee and Deion Lewis. I don't think Alfred Morris will be much of a factor. I'll scroll down so you can just see those last couple of names on here and the yeses and the nos. Thank you so much if you tuned into the YouTube and the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're listening on the podcast version, hit the like button, hit the subscribe, all that type of stuff. Subscribe to the podcast. If you leave a review, a couple seconds of your time. You on YouTube right now. If you go over there, you want to do it. The Salvetri Show, Apple. If you're on an Apple device, if you're on an Android device, you can go to Stitcher, leave a review, enter it into a chance to win $50 Ruskies. The more reviews, the more we get pushed up the rankings, the more of the chance that somebody can actually see us. So you can check that out on the podcast version. Like, 
Subscribe button pops up on the YouTube version. Thank you all so much for tuning into this one. The community's pockets are deep right now. The money is flowing. We're feeling good. The dollar ruskies, the brewskies, everything's feeling good. Let's continue to do it on a million dollar showdown slate tonight. $5,500 up top on Super Draft. Check that out. Promo code Sal. Check it all out. Link down below. If you have any questions, reach out on Twitter, reach out on Discord or uh, Patreon. If you're a Patreon member, all that type of stuff, you can get to me. We'll be live at 6 p.m. East Coast time tonight for an hour, breaking down this slate, taking your questions and finalizing and putting a finishing touch on the Monday night million dollar makeup. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Sal Betri, and I'll see you all in the next one.